Hey guys, how's it going this week? We have on Nora McLean. And I realize I say every single last name. I butcher it. It's a skill of mine. I don't think anyone else could do last names quite like me. I like to add my own little twist to them. This week we have on Nora McLean. I am excited to have her on. She's pretty cool. She played for the Boston Shamrocks, and then after she finished up her time there, she went and played D1 at the University of Connecticut, and she had a phenomenal time there. She absolutely loved it, and rolling off of her seasons there and her time there, she decided she wanted to keep playing, so she went to Australia and started playing for the Perth Inferno, and there she said it was such an unreal experience. And I hope you guys are excited to listen to her talk about all of that. On top of her hockey career, she also is now starting her coaching career. So she went back to her alma mater, the Boston Shamrocks, and now she's coaching their U19 team. So, yeah, she is very phenomenal, very awesome, definitely dedicated to the game. And I hope that you guys enjoy listening to her talk about her life, her career, and what's going on right now. So here we go. Let's jump into it. Hi, Hi how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. It's nice to meet you over the phone. Nice to meet you, too. <laughs> Is it snowing out there? Are you in Boston? Yeah, I'm in Boston. No, it's not snowing. It's kind of cold, though. It doesn't seem like it's cold enough to snow yet, though. Yeah. We had our first little dusting of snow this morning. Where are you at? In Pennsylvania. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of thought we were going to go without it. It seems like it's already November and first know, time. crazy. <laughs> so thank you for letting me interview you. Yeah, of course. I'm glad to do it. Uh, Lizzie texted me about it, and I was, like, super excited. I was, like, for sure. Hell, yeah, that's awesome. Did you listen to Lizzie's interview? Um, a little bit of it, not the whole thing, but I listened to a couple of them, just bits and pieces, so I'm, I'm, you know, excited to get into it. Yeah, I had her, and then I realized that you knew Michaela Boyle also, so I had her on. Yeah, me. yeah, I did see that as well. And then the other person I noticed that you knew was Kayla Dion. Yep, yep, I played with her back at the Shamrocks back in the day. Yeah, she played at Utica with me. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Small world it is, crazy, this, this hockey world. It really is crazy. How weird is it for you, though, that you're now coaching at your, like, old alma mater? It's it's weird. It's full circle. You know, I it took me a little while to figure out, like, you know, what I wanted to do. But when I found out, you know, I took this opportunity. It was awesome. And it's, like, crazy full circle moment for me. Still weird when I get on the ice every day. It's like, wow, I used to practice here, you know, seven years ago. Yeah. Is it a lot of the same people, or is it all different faces now? Mostly the same people. Bob, you know, our owner, GM, he's amazing. He does a great job. He loves the girls. And Molly, she's been around for a super long time as well. It's pretty much the same faces that have been around for a long time. You know, they do a good job with this program. That's awesome. So what else were you looking at doing since you said you didn't really know at first? I didn't really know. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, I, I took a year off. I went to Australia. You might have talked about that with Lizzie, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I was kind of not sure. And then, you know, I actually interned with the Shamrocks last summer before I went to Australia. And then, you know, I was working um, with Andre St. Arms and uh, Chrissy Keogh. And, you know, I had a great time last summer. And then 
I went to Australia, lived my life for about six months there, and then I got back. And I, you know, went to Bob, and he was like, you want to work here? And I was like, yeah. You were already planning on coaching. I was wondering if it was, like, a COVID thing. That's why you didn't go back to Australia. Yeah, so because of COVID, I ended up coming home, like, earlier than expected. I was on a year visa. So I was supposed to, you know, it was September to September, and I was actually planning on staying another year. That was the plan anyway. And then around March, when COVID was starting to hit, I called my mom, and I was like, this is kind of crazy. And she was like, yeah, just come home. And then literally the next day, I was on a flight home. That's insane. So where were you in your season? Had you guys already finished playing? or? Yeah, the season was already over. We finished in, like, February. We went to playoffs in Melbourne, and then I was kind of just chilling, working. I actually lived with one of my teammates, Courtney Moulton, who I actually live with in Boston now. So we met in Australia, and now we're roommates in Boston, which is, you know, it's really cool. Wait, I didn't um, know you live with Courtney. Yeah. That's insane. Oh yeah, because we went to New Hampton together. Of course you did. Oh, my goodness. You have to tell her I say hi. That's so Oh, funny. I will. You know I will. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow, yeah. So I saw the picture of Lizzie and Courtney together in Australia. So now I'm putting everything together. <laughs> yeah, the other one, if you saw the picture of the three, like, that was me on the other side. Okay, perfect. Um, so how did you end up in Perth? Were you looking at playing in the States or like kind of you wanted to go abroad? I knew I wanted to go abroad. I, you know, I, I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. I wanted to explore a bit after college. You know, I lived in Massachusetts my whole life. I went to Connecticut for school. So it was only an hour and a half away from home. I was like, you know, I, I think I need something to try and get me out of my comfort zone. And I looked into Europe. Uh, I looked in Australia. I contacted pretty much every team in Australia and Perth came back and was like, you know, I talked to the coach and he was like, yeah, we'd love to have you. I sent him some video and he was like, yeah, come out. And I was like, okay, now I'm going to move to the complete, couldn't be more opposite side of the world. Like Western Australia is exactly 12 hour time difference. So it was, it was, it all happened so fast when it all happened. And I was like, now I guess I'm moving. I don't know. And then I did, and it was the best experience I could ever have. So cool. Were there any, like, cultural barriers or anything, or do you feel like you fit right in? Yes and no. You know, obviously the lingo is a little interesting. It's different. The accent sometimes would get you. But other than that, like, day-to-day life is pretty much pretty much the same. I would say that Australia is more laid back. You know, they they, they live their lives more not maybe not more than Americans but like we like live or work to live you know I feel like they're like that's not really the same they have a lot of different like policies that they implement that you know it's it's not really the same lifestyle that we live here in America so that was that was definitely different other than that you know it it just it felt normal once I settled in it was like I I I love this place and it doesn't seem that much different from home other than the fact that the weather the seasons are different because it was summer there when it was winter here And I basically had an endless summer for a year and a half. (laughs) That's so nice. Yeah, it's starting to get cold now, and I'm like, this is weird to me. It's been so long since I've seen snow or even been in below 50-degree weather. Yeah. What about the level of play? Was it a big jump from University of Connecticut? It definitely wasn't as close to high intensity as uh, Division One college. It was kind of a step down. I mean, I in college, I wasn't the biggest goal scorer. I would say my role was more of a grinder type, which I, you know, embraced 100%. I loved it. And then when I went to Australia, 
you know, it's it's the the sport is still up and coming, and you know they do a great job like of putting together development programs for hockey because it is such an up and coming sport in Australia, and the league wasn't you know fantastic. Me and Lizzie and like all the other American imports were kind of the stars of the show, like getting you know scoring all the points and stuff, which is, again, a change for me because I didn't score a lot of points in college, and then I went over there and all of a sudden finished third in the league in scoring, and I was like, it's a different change, but, you know, I don't hate it. <laughs> but it was definitely slower and not as fast-paced or intense as uh, college hockey. Since you have those two experiences, when you compare them, which one did you like more? Did you like being a grinder, or did you like being on, like, a lower-level team and, like, kind of being the star? I gotta say I liked college more. You know, it was more intense with game, and I you had a role that I played pretty much all four years in college, and I you know fed into that role. And it, it it's honestly two completely different experiences. Considering in college, you know, you go to school and you have that to worry about, and when you graduate, I was like working full time while playing in Australia, so I, I can't really compare the two. I don't really have much of like a preference, I guess, but if I had to choose, I would definitely say college. Like, every day I look back, I'm like, oh, I miss playing in college, and that was, you know, the best, most intense games, like, working to that common goal with your teammates that all dedicated pretty much their whole lives to playing Division One hockey, and then we all get there, and it's, we all have that same common goal, like, we want to win, and we want to, you know, be the best that we can be. That's definitely an unforgettable and, like, a feeling that you definitely can't duplicate. So I would, I would say college. And then I, I was wondering about the fans because Lizzie was saying that they would get so many fans in Australia. Did you guys get mm-hmm. a ton of fans? Yeah, when we had home games, our rink wasn't huge. We had about like stands on one side of the rink, mm-hmm. and we would fill those stands. You know, and it made it seem like there was probably a lot more people than there actually were, but. We would get a lot of fans, and you know there was a bar in the rank, so that helps too. Mm-hmm. Right, you gotta, you gotta give it to that. But yeah, it was actually kind of crazy. But it was such an up and coming sport. Like it was, it was kind of fascinating, like how into like you know American sports. Obviously, they have their own sports over there that we don't have in America. But they were like people that were in the hockey community. It was a, such a small community, no matter which um, state of Australia you were in but they were all so into that sport. And, you know, they talked about the NHL, and they were like, oh, like, I'm so jealous you went to a Bruins game. They're like, I want to go to America. I want to go to an NHL game. And, like, people were diehard fans of the sport when they started playing hockey. So it's definitely, like, encouraging for a sport that's up and coming in Australia because, you know, the future is definitely bright. And, like, even their national team, like, you know, the girls – you know, they, they love what they do. They want to embrace the sport and they want to grow the sport. And it's, it, it, it's, it's crazy to think like how many fans we did get. I wasn't expecting to get that many fans, but yeah, it was, it was actually, it was intense. And people would buy our jerseys and sponsor us. And they were so dedicated in, into watching and supporting the game, which is awesome. Wow. That seems like such a cool experience. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was cool. It wasn't what I was expecting, but it was, it was amazing. And did you like your team and everything out there? Yeah, the team was awesome. Like I said, I, you know, I, you know, Courtney, we met in Australia, even though we literally lived on, you know, the same, a state away. <laughs> we played, in, you know, putting, you know, two years of age apart and we met on the other side of the world, which is crazy. But 
all the team, we would hang out all the time. We would hang out after practice. Like I said, there was a bar on the rink, and we would go and, ha- you know, hang out in there after practice, have a drink, and we would, you know, have some dinner or whatever. And it was it was definitely a close-knit community. Like I said, the whole hockey community is pretty close-knit. So you could walk into the rink with, by yourself and know every single person that was there. So it was definitely a, it was a cool experience. Everyone was close. The girls that you're coaching right now, do they ask you a lot of questions about how do I go play pro or how do I get to go D1 and stuff? Yeah, you know, they do. And, you know, all the girls that play for a program like this is that they're dedicated. They, you know, they want to play high-level hockey because they want to play in college. So, obviously, our biggest goal is, like, do whatever we can with our experiences to help them get to that level that they want to play at. You know, like, do our part and reach out to coaches and really push them to be better and they do ask me questions they're like oh you know how was Australia and and like you know what was it like playing at UConn and I do my best to answer it and yeah they they're definitely curious because they they do what I achieved is what I came to this team to be able to do so like I said it's it's full circle moment and they do definitely ask questions every once in a while that's awesome. Have you been able to help anyone commit to a school yet? Not yet. We're we're getting there. Getting there. How we're is there. the whole like Boston rink shut down and stuff? I know you guys had to pause your season for a little bit. So we opened back up last week. Obviously, Massachusetts shut down as a whole. The restrictions are getting pretty tight again. We're only really no teams from outside the state are allowed to come in. So you know it, things are getting harder to schedule games because obviously with a league like ours. We're supposed to be playing in Canada. We like most of our teams are Canadian teams, so it's it's definitely difficult. But you know, we're trying our best. We're working what we have with what we have. We practice every day. You know, we're kind of like in our bubble, which is uh, pretty helpful to do a lot of kids living and living in our house and stuff like that. But it's definitely been difficult. Not what I foresaw being my first year of coaching, but <laughs> we're working with what we got. You're liking it so far. Oh, yeah, I love it. I, this is definitely something I want to do. And it's, you know, it's it, being on the ice every day with the girls is one of the best feelings. Did you look at coaching at any other program or did you want to, like, be in your hometown? No, I I, I mean, with obviously with COVID and everything, I, I kind of just came home and didn't really get much thought into it. But I'm, I'm super happy with where I am. And I can't complain a single bit why don't we talk a little bit about your experience at university of connecticut of course how was your time there i was it was awesome i couldn't have asked for a better experience better group of girls to play hockey with you know better coaching staff everyone there is they're just awesome i i love the school it was like perfect for me i always knew i didn't want to go to like a small school and then when I had the opportunity um, to go to University of Connecticut, I was like, this is, this is awesome. Were you looking at going to any other schools? Yeah, I had a few other options. And then once I was told that UConn was interested and I looked into it and it kind of, it, it grabbed my heart and I never really looked back. <laughs> yeah, was it the team or the coach or the campus? What was like the one thing? I think it was everything, all combined. The coaches were awesome. Back then, Jacqueline Hawkins was the assistant coach, and she was she's one of the best people you'll ever meet in your entire life. Like, you know, she's huge for the women's hockey community as well now and always has been. And she was just so nice and so welcoming. And Chris McKenzie, Casey Andrean, they were just – they were dedicated to what they did. And you could see it in everything that they did and in every day. 
and it was just it was definitely a welcoming community that I I was definitely interested in going to. Are they who you role model yourself after? I would say, you know, throughout my four years, we did have three different, like, female assistant coaches. We had Jacqueline Hawkins, we had Carson Duggan, then we had Caitlin Parker. And those three women, like, definitely were people that I looked up to as my coaches and as female hockey players. And I definitely would say that those were some good role models for me, you know, as I was playing in college, but also, you know, they ended up coaching and I, you know, I, maybe at the time I didn't know that's what I wanted to do, but I look back and I'm like, you know, I see what they did and I, it, it maybe intrigued me to end up where I am now. I saw that you got your major, you got your degree in economics, right? Yes. Economics. Yes. How was that? Um, it was good. It was, uh, economics. I was, I was good at in high school. I took micro and macro in high school, AP micro macro. And then, you know, actually my freshman and sophomore year, I didn't really know what I wanted to major in. And then I thought, I was like, you know, I was pretty good economics. I, I was good at it and I really liked it. And then a lot of the classes were, you know, economics are kind of, you, once you learn the basics, you learn it and you apply it to things. I took like an economics and sports, um, and classes like that. And actually it was pretty interesting. So I liked it. It was, it was good. But you're not interested in working in that hockey's way better. <laughs> yeah, I'd say hockey is way better right now. But, you know, I apply my degree, you know, not maybe not daily, but I have kids in, that, in school maybe they'll ask me, like, economics or math questions. I was always pretty good at math growing up, too. So it's still applicable. And in life, too. You know, I, I watch the news, and I'm like, oh, you know, that makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think about that sometimes. I'm like, maybe they should just have, like, a general economics, like, government breakdown class that they have to make mandatory for everyone to take yeah. before they can vote yeah it, it's it's good you know knowledge to have I'm really glad that I majored in economics is there a particular moment in your hockey career that sticks out in your head that you're like that's why I play the sport like for this feeling in this moment there's a couple in college there was there was a few moments one of them being I think it was freshman year of college we went into like triple overtime against UNH which was nuts, and it was only the quarterfinals. It was game two of the quarterfinals, Hockey East. We went to, like, triple overtime. It was the most intense thing ever, and, you know, it was basically playing two games in one night, and we were like, if we lost, we would have had to go to a game three the next day and be dead. <laughs> but we ended up winning, and it's one of those moments that you're just never going to forget, ever. And then I would say number two is beating Boston College in the semifinals of Hockey East my junior year, and I actually – scored the game-winning goal to beat Boston College. And every time we'd be, you know, I think that was the first time in my career that we'd beat Boston College. And it was a huge moment. And that was my only goal of the entire season, was scoring the game-winning goal against Boston College in the semifinals. And, again, one of those moments that I just will never forget. Wow, that has to be so unreal. You were probably – so hyped off of that one. Oh, so hyped. Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy, it was definitely a crazy moment for me. I bet because Boston College is like all of the girls that are on the Olympic teams and everything. Oh, yeah. Again, grinder hockey for me. You know, when we played them, I was grinding against these girls, these Olympians. And, you know, I, you know, I knew the names and I played against these girls growing up. And then all of a sudden I get to college and like, I'm basically going out every shift against them to like, be like, 
make sure they don't score. That was my job. I was like, don't let the Olympics score. <laughs> and I was like, got it. And I, I tried my best. <laughs> yeah, you do get to play against some really good players as a D1 person. Was there anyone that really, like, blew you out of the water and you're like, wow, how are they so good? Kendall Coyne. Yeah. By far. She takes two strides and she beats everybody. Like, it's insane. It, she's definitely one person that just blew me away every time we played them. I have, like, you know, a, like a picture my mom's, like, obsessed with that is me and her taking a face-off during one of the games. <laughs> it's like... Did you win she, it? She, yeah, I did, actually. Hell yeah. I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's, she's insane. She was, you know, I just respect her so much, and her speed is insane. And like I said, every time you're on the ice, you could literally try your best to catch up to her. And I wasn't the fastest player to begin with, but... She just would go end-to-end, no problem. It blew me away. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of that and you going to Australia. I think that sounds like like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Yeah, it was – I will never forget it. It's definitely one of the best decisions I ever made was to be able to go over there and explore. And, you know, I not only do I play hockey, but, I, like, I lived my life. I made friends outside of hockey and had just a great life experience that I grew from and can learn from and take into, you know, everyday life now that I've kind of started my career and I'm back home working. It was, it was just amazing. Yeah. After living, well, I guess you didn't live a full year, but after your time of living out there, did you come back and kind of have like new perspective of the U S? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, like I said, things are different over there, a little bit the same, but now that I've kind of settled back home, I've been home for more time now than I actually spent in Australia, which is insane to me <laughs> that time has flown by so fast. But now that I've settled back home, things kind of are, I mean, obviously not the same because of coronavirus, but, and now, you know, I've, I, I've kind of taken that step after moving away. Like I started working, like I moved out of my parents' house and I'm starting to like create this life for myself here, which I always knew I wanted to come back. So it was, it was definitely a, a, a good jump for me to try to, like, get that started, yeah? Yeah. Do you do any recruiting for the team that you're coaching? Yeah. So we we recruit. Uh, Obviously, things are a little difficult now because we can't travel anywhere, but, yeah. What's your favorite – or what's the type of player that you look for or the characteristics? I don't know. That's a a tough question. You know, I I want someone who's hardworking and someone who's – obviously, people who – if they're willing to come here, you know, leave their home, you know, at such a young age and, and pursue, like, a high-level hockey, it means they're dedicated. So you want someone who's dedicated, which I have no doubt every girl here is dedicated to the game. But, yeah, definitely someone who, like, is willing to work hard. Like, I wasn't the greatest player. I know that. But I was a smart player, and I'd use that to my advantage. So, like, people that are able to, like, know what their role is and what they can uh, bring to the table is, like, is huge and be very aware of what type of player they are because everyone's different everyone has a different thing to bring and I think if you are able to recognize that that's like it's a cool trait to have I know I feel like be a good like recruiter you kind of have to have that eye and like be able to see this flicker in every player and yeah yeah it's, it's different like you know obviously I I can't really touch too much on it because I've only done recruiting one from watching video online like I haven't been able to go out and actively recruit so I can't really touch too much on that but 
you know, it, it's something, it's a learning curve for me as well, obviously being new. So I'm excited, you know, in the future when things do get back to normal, that I can kind of pick up on things like that with that question and kind of see what type of player that I'm looking for to establish, you know, what kind of team that I am looking for. Yeah. How did you get involved in hockey? What was the first thing that made you pick up the stick? So I have two older brothers. They played a lot of my mom's side of the family played hockey. Um, so I was kind of just growing up around it. I started playing hockey when I was super young, like four years old, because my brothers played, my cousins played. I actually had two cousins go play Division One hockey as well, boys. And I wanted to be like my brothers. And I picked up the stick. I wanted to compete with them. I wanted to battle with them. We played street hockey. You know, it was, it was, I just wanted to be like them. And I, you know, actually ended up being the only one that ended up sticking with it. Both my brothers quit in high school, but I definitely wouldn't be where I am today without them, you know, pushing me and them playing hockey and me picking up the stick, but also like them pushing me to be better because I wanted to be just as good as them growing up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I would, I give, I give them credit. I even gave them credit when I gave my senior speech at our banquet. I was like, you know, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for my two older brothers. So I will always have, you know, a special place in my heart for that. Yeah, definitely like bringing it home and making it fun, but also competitive. Oh, always, always. <laughs> Where did you play before the Boston Shamrocks? I played at the Bach Blazers for a few years. I played Spitfires before that. And then before that, I played boys hockey pretty much until I was, I played boys hockey until I was 13, 14, and I started girls when I was 10, and I played Spitfires, then Blazers, then Shamrocks. I tried to think about it for a second there. <laughs> I asked someone this question before because I think about it, and I think it's interesting. Do you think that playing boys hockey at a young age for girls helps to elevate the game because they, like, are, like, a little bit stronger and you have to work harder? Or do you think that it's better now that, like, there's becoming so many girls' programs that we don't really have to intertwine with the boys? That's an interesting question. You know, I, I go back and forth, and I think about that a lot. Me you know, too. I do, like I said, I, I credit, you know, my drive and my wanting to be a better hockey player to, like, playing against my brothers and with my brothers. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I can't personally speak to that like from the girls side of things I started girls like obviously later I played I did play boys I you know I played junior high hockey where there was checking and you know guys were obviously a lot more powerful than I was but I I would say yeah like boys hockey it does have some type of influence because you are trying to compete and keep up with them but you know I I don't really know about the girls side because like I said, I, I didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't play only girls hockey, but I do love that how much the sport has grown and how much the development side of the game has grown, grown on the girls side. And that you can start at a younger age. I think it's awesome for our sport and our growth as, you know, as female hockey players and as women's hockey to hopefully, you know, keep growing to be where we want it to be at, which obviously it's not there yet. So I, I can't, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough question. You can definitely argue both sides, I'd say. Yeah, I know. I go back and forth on it all the time because I'm like, well, I definitely think it's more inviting for it to be all girls to other girls. and But I don't know. I do feel like there's that extra level of push when you play with the boys. I don't know. I go back and forth on it. Yeah. Is the Australian Women's League newer? Is it like the same 
because like the NWHL and stuff like that, that's only like a couple of years old, like five years old. I think it's been around for a while. The Perth team that I played for was pretty new. They had only been around for three years, I think, when I got there. That was their third season. But I think it's been around for a little bit. I can't remember how long, though. Would you ever go back and play again if things open up, or are you like, settled <laughs> into coaching? I I don't know. I am pretty happy where I'm at. I think I may have passed along to be able to move on to coaching full-time and kind of given up, not given up, but kind of moved on to a new chapter in my life of actually playing, or of actually coaching instead of playing. I think I've kind of accepted that, if yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> What's the, what are the words of wisdom that you give to your players? I would say, I got to think on that for a second. <laughs> I say a lot of things. It's situational. Yeah, it's very situational. I feel like I have a lot of words of wisdom. Depends on the day and, you know, how we're doing. But I try, I try and keep things fun and I try and keep things, like, motivate them. You know what I mean? So it's, I don't know. I, What's the I best play. thing that you've ever heard from a coach? Oof. You're me with the hard ones here. <laughs> I can't quite put my finger on exact words, but every time my coach, Casey Handrahan, he never gave pregame speeches that often, but when he did, it, like, made you want to cry. It was it was one of those, like, emotional, just he, he, he always hit it right on the head, and he made it personal, and he was, like, it was, like, cry in a good way, like, cry where you, like, you felt motivated, you felt like you wanted to get after it. And I, I wish I could remember the exact words. I, said. I wish I could have recorded them so I could listen to them every day to pick me up. But can't quite put my finger on exact words I've, I've heard. I, it'll come to me, I swear, later today. But Are you big on pregame speeches? Uh, yeah. I, I give pregame speeches to my kids before every game. You know, I, I try and think of something different to say every time to get them motivated. So I'm, I'm pretty big on pregame speeches. Is there one of your players that we should keep an eye out for? Yeah, but I don't know if I should. Uh, <laughs> if I should. Yeah, I feel that. Everyone's good in their own right. Yeah. Was there ever a moment or anything that made the game difficult for you? Was there any adversities that you had to face? One of definitely the most motivating and hardest things I went through as a developing like female hockey player when I was a kid was I was 10 years old. I went. This is my first year playing girls hockey. I ended up making like the U12, like top tier team, like the tier one team for U12. And then during that season, I ended up getting shingles and like I was out for like a few months and I was like at home for a couple months. And then I went back to play hockey a few months later. And then I obviously wasn't as good as I was maybe a few months prior. And then that program kind of had this preconceived notion of me after that and, like, kept bumping me down, like, year after year. The next year I got down to the beach and the year after that I went down to the C team. I ended up switching programs, but, like, you know, as a kid, getting bumped down like that is, you know, it, it, it broke my heart. I didn't know what to do. It killed my confidence. I, you know, I've always struggled with my confidence throughout my entire hockey career. And especially as a kid, I was like, man, maybe I'm not good enough for the sport. Maybe I'm not good enough. And then... I was to switch programs. I started, you know, picking myself back up again. I started, you know, thriving. And I look back and, you know, I, I, those coaches didn't believe in me. So I had to find other people that did. And then I ended up going and living my dream and playing division one hockey. So it's like those type of moments where like, if I didn't go through that, maybe I wouldn't be where I am. But also like 
look what I did do when I did get bumped down at such a young age. Like, I didn't let it affect me, you know what I mean? So that was definitely, like, a moment that I will never forget as uh, a young hockey player. How was it creating your hockey path? Did you have someone that was helping you figure out, like, okay, this is the college that I want to go to, and this is what I want to do after college? And The whole recruiting side of things was super, super new to me and my family, like we had, we didn't know how to um, go about it. So like coming to the Shamrocks and kind of having that, those people help me, like kind of try and figure that out. Like I was super late to the recruiting game, so my path was like wasn't we did, we had no idea what we were doing. So my path is a little different than a lot of kids, you know. Like where they were getting recruited as like freshmen, sophomores in high school, and like you know they had people in the hockey world that knew how to help them get places. And it took me finally getting to the Shamrocks my junior year to like feel figure out like oh this is how you're supposed to do it and I had no like no no clue and now my little sister actually she plays field hockey she's looking to play in college and like now with my understanding she has a better understanding of how to get recruited so like my path it was kind of it was kind of a blind path for a bit there until I ended up coming here and figuring it out and having people that would help me figure it out and reach out to coaches for me and have like that kind of path for coaches to reach them ask about me things like that what else do you like to do outside of hockey Oh, that's, uh, this is probably be the last question. I gotta head back to the rink. I, I'm with one of my players. She's uh, we gotta head back to work. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So hockey, you know, I I think I just like to hang out. Like, you know, I got a lot of friends in the area, so it's good to have them around. And they're all I have a lot of hockey players too. So I have a couple friends playing professional, and I like to you know play pickup hockey here and there. And um, I really like I've been really getting back into working out, trying to in Australia. I didn't work out as much as I probably should have and now that I'm back I'm, I found a passion for it again after you know being forced to work out for so long so that's good um but other than that you know I just I'm pretty chill laid back person well thank you for letting me interview you and taking yeah, the time of course. out of your day I appreciate day. it so much thank you for uh taking the time of day for, to interview me good luck with the rest of your season thank you all right all right have a good Bye. day